Well, God, that is uh, our prayer tonight, Lord God, that we'll experience just a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And Father, I want to thank you for these moments we've just had where we've been able to worship you, we've been able to hear stories. And now, Lord, as we just come to your Word, we just ask that you'll do something that only your Spirit can do in our lives. Change us, speak into the deepest areas of our lives, Lord, bring understanding. And Lord, I just pray that tonight, my prayer is that lives will come to know that Jesus is the only way. And so Lord, we just wanna come now and say, thank you, be honoured, be glorified in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. Can we give a shout of praise to our great God? Thank you, team, as well. Hey, I wanna extend my welcome to you as well and to our church family that joins us um, online. It's um, great, we love having you here. And once again, as Pastor Twig said, is if you are online, make sure if you're ever in the area, come and join us. We love doing life with people and we love eating lots of food. So I'm looking forward to those wings straight after. Um, we're in the middle of a, a series at the moment, which is uh, Teach Us to Pray. And if you know much about our church, is one of our greatest heartbeats is that we'll be a praying church. Uh, because we know that when we pray and seek God in, with a, a position of humility, we see God do great things. And so we're in this series and it's been an amazing series for us. Uh, last week in the, our sermon was, in our connect groups, you would have learned uh, about the Your Kingdom Come. And it's awesome, um, that was such a faith-filling um, part of the Lord's Prayer, which we've been going through in this. Um, that was such an amazing part, your kingdom come, because what it did is it helped us understand the power of prayer. It helped us understand that when we pray, when God's people humble themselves and pray, He releases and does things that sometimes we don't understand. Some things we see Him action, and then there's other times we don't see anything, but the Word of God tells us that He moves in mysterious ways. And so I was so encouraged in hearing that. And in our lives, we experience God's blessing all the time. I'm thinking about in my own journey, the amount of prayers that God has answered. I remember seeing prayers when I was young or even just in my early teens, asking God to, um, to do things. And I thought God had forgotten about them because I'd forgotten about them. And then years down the track, I'd seen God answer these prayers. And it was a fresh reminder every time that it happened, man, God doesn't forget our prayers. And I've had prayers where I've whispered as I've gone past somewhere or whether I've, I've seen something and I said, God, oh man, I'd love to do that or experience that one day, but God, you've called me here for this season. And years down the track, I, there I was in a moment of experiencing it. And I remember just thinking, God, you, you're so faithful. You, you listen to even our, our smallest prayers as well. I remember... Um, one of answered prayers that I had, which was significant that I'll never forget about. And it was um, when my first trip to the Solomon Islands. Has anyone been to the Solomon Islands before? It's a, it's a cool place, but um, as a church, we've got connections over there. And so we go over there and send teams. So this is the first time and I was fairly young compared to now when I went over there. And um, I remember the guy that was overseeing that particular trip came to me and said, oh, Jono, um, they actually have asked us, the, the church has asked us to uh, split the team in two for this night and um, I'm gonna take one team and I'm gonna speak and, and preach there and we'll do some music, but can you preach at the other church? And I remember thinking, oh man, I am green at speaking. Like I still think I'm a green when it comes to preparing sermons, but back then I had no idea. And before I knew it, I was locked in. And I remember frantically thinking that was that afternoon and that night was when the sermon was happening. And I remember frantically just flicking through the Word of God and being like, God, you've got to answer this prayer. You've got to bring something uh, miraculous to me. And as I prayed and I flicked through, the hours just kept passing and I got more and more confused. and got more and more disillusioned. It moved hour by hour to the point we had dinner, which I skipped. And then it came to leaving time. 
And I still had no idea what I was gonna say. I had a few concepts, but I didn't know if it was even gonna make sense. And I remember we, we journeyed for 15 minutes down this dirt path to get to this T intersection where we would load into a truck and go to the church we were gonna be at and the others would go around the corner. And I remember this whole way down there is praying and trying to prepare and go, God, do a miracle because you obviously haven't brought the miracle of a sermon along. And so we got there and as we arrived in true Solomon Island style, the truck was late. It wasn't there and I'm thinking, God, just I'm praying for faithfulness, you know, I'm praying every bit of faith I've got and the truck didn't turn up. And I remember sitting there in that spot and my mate going, well, obviously it's not coming, so let's go. we're just gonna go to the church. And I remember thinking, praise the Lord. Like we went to that church and I didn't have to preach at all. And I remember sitting there in that place, it was like I lifted my worship like I've never had before. I remember thinking, God, thank you so much. I, the Solomon Islands and I had a dance, but I tell you, I rivaled them that night with the joy that I had. But the reality is with all the answered prayers we can have in life, we can experience many unanswered prayers. And that is what we're coming to tonight in this series, which is talking about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Particularly we're talking about unanswered prayer in that. And so as I saw that this was a topic that I had to talk on, I was pretty aware that it's not the most straightforward topic to talk on. And so I went into research mode early. And the first thing that I flicked across to, the first paragraph that I read from a scholar was this. Whether you realise it or not, you are putting your finger on one of the thorniest theological problems and most challenging difficulties of the practical Christian life. And I remember thinking, oh dear, you know you're in deep water when the scholars and writers are saying this. And it's true. When we're talking about unanswered prayer, the reality is it is highly complex and it can bring up uh, emotions and experiences from unanswered prayers of the past or even present or maybe the future. And honestly, the reality is is there will be questions to unanswered prayers that we will not understand this side of heaven and which can be really hard, but this is the truth. I don't know if you've asked a a few of these questions before. Maybe these have been some of your unanswered um, questions. Maybe you have been praying for a life partner for a long time. I'm not talking about the one that you've just linked eyes with across the room tonight. I'm talking about you've been praying for a long time. You say, God, all I'm asking for is something I can do life with. We can do ministry together. And yet God, for some reason, doesn't seem to answer that prayer. Maybe it's been one where you said, God, you knew I needed this job. You knew money was tight and I've prayed that you would protect us financially, but I've lost my job and it looks like we might lose our house. Maybe it's the ones of God, that university degree is where I felt you were leading me. And that's my passion, but you've just closed each door. Or maybe it has been, I prayed that you would protect my children, but here I am sitting in the hospital with one of them. Maybe it's, I prayed for healing, but my diagnosis has gotten worse. I've prayed that you would save their life, but God, here I sit alone. And the reality is it can make us, if you've ever experienced that feel very disillusioned. And the passage that the Holy Spirit led me to, to fill me with faith in the midst of these things that I may have experienced was Isaiah 55 verse eight to nine. And this is what it says. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
It's this picture of God saying, you may not understand some of these things, but I wanna let you know, I see the bigger picture. I see a greater picture of what's going on. And one thing I want us to understand tonight is this, the absence from an answer to prayer is not an absence of God or the absence of God's presence. Does that make sense? If you have not had an answer to prayer, that does not mean that God was not present. Because the Bible tells us and promises us that He will never leave us or forsake us. So if this is the reality, how do we tackle the idea of unanswered prayer? What's at play? And what I wanna do tonight um, is talk about four things that has helped me on my journey of understanding unanswered prayer. And I wanna share them with you. And my hope and my prayer is that they'll bring some clarity and some comfort in the midst of that if that's what you're dealing with tonight. And these are the four. We live in a sin-affected world. The second one is this, knowing God's given call and promise to you and us as a people. And the other two, which is a bit more practical, it says this, uh, God's gracious guidance. In other words, how God uses unanswered prayer. And the other one is this, God's sovereignty in the midst of a world in which we live. And so let's push into the first one. The fact and the reality of that sin is part of the world we live in. And this is a, was a big help for me to try to, to understand this because this is why we experience things that can leave us feeling very disillusioned in life. You know, the things that we experience from day to day that sometimes leave us wondering and questioning, things that hit us from the side. And the reality of why this has happened, why we face these things and we can face them daily is because there was a dislocation from God's original plan for humanity. We were separated or we chose to walk away from what God had originally planned for us. Now, the world we live in, there is so much beauty and joy in it. Like I love creation. I love exploring. I love meeting new people. I love doing community. Like if you you spend time with me, I love just having a good laugh and doing life and obviously eating food. But the reality is there's times in our lives when we're left with these question marks, aren't we? And the Bible tells us that the truth is about sin, that it has left huge ramifications in society, in our world, in society, in my life, in in your life. And we pick this up and read this in, in Genesis. I think I talked about this a few Sundays ago but I wanna be brief on this. You can pick it up in Genesis three. This tells us what had actually happened, what took place. And remember, Satan came and met Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And and Satan came to Eve, remember this, and said, um, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in this garden? And Eve's response was this. She said, no, no, no. God said we could eat from the trees of this garden. He just mentioned that there's one tree in the center, in the middle here. He says, don't touch if you touch that, you will die. And Satan in his, in his craftiness said, you, you'll certainly not die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God and you will know good and you will know evil. In other words, you will taste what life looks like when you remove God and his wisdom from the picture. And it goes on to say that Adam and Eve saw that the the fruit looked good and it was good for gaining wisdom. And so they ate from it. And verse seven says, what took place was this, that then both of their eyes were opened and they experienced the reality of sin in the world. Humanity changed. The very moment that we chose the me aspect and not God. And we experienced this all through our life. Don't we think about this? Um, how many times, or the amount of times you've been the recipient of someone else's hurt or brokenness in your life? Or, and this has been 
much of my life is how many times and how many people have been affected because of our hurt and brokenness that we've placed on them. And this is what's taken place because in a moment as well of, of humanity experiences not just the beginning of birth, but now humanity experiences things like death. And God's, this was never God's intention for humanity. You know, he never desired us for, to, to experience death or diseases or broken down relationships or the results of mistrust or anger. This was never his intention, but Satan loves it. He loves to fuel these things. And this is why we experience from time to time things that just seem so unjust, things that just do not make sense because we live in a broken world, a beautiful world, but a world that is steeped in sin. But I wanna say this, praise God, and this is important for us to know. Because of God's great mercy and love, His great grace, like a loving father pursuing a child in, on the run, God made a way for you and me to be back in relationship. And this is a living hope. And I'll tell you why this is important for us to understand when it comes to unanswered questions. Because God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin and my sin. He took that upon himself. He rose again victorious, showing that he was truly who he said he was. And what this means is not just the fact that we receive forgiveness and we receive right relationship with God. It means we become recipients of a heavenly home. And we become recipients of a heavenly inheritance, our hope in the darkness. Why is this so significant for us when we're talking about unanswered prayer? Because it means that this world is not our home. It means our home is in heaven. Our home is a, a heavenly place that God has prepared for us. In other words, the Bible says that we are just passing through. And one day, God's gonna come and he's gonna remove all the hurt, the damage and the tears and make everything right again. This is our hope, this is our inheritance. And this is why it's important for us to understand this. And you may be asking, well, why doesn't God just come and do that now? Well, God's so gracious as he was with me is he is waiting for many others to come into relationship with him. Drawing many of his children back with him. But while we wait, we'll experience these things. And while we wait, he has plans and purposes for our lives. I want you to listen to this hope. In John 16, in the NIV version, it says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. And then it goes on to say, in this world, you'll have trouble. So you'll experience trouble in this life, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I dealt with the, the penalty of death and you can have life in me. And I love this because it brings us to our next point that has been so critical for me to understand and it's this, knowing our ultimate purpose in God. Because for me, this helped bring stability in my life when I experienced the ups and downs, when I experienced unanswered prayer, when things went the opposite to what I thought or should have thought they should have done. And I want you to look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter two in the NIV, it says this, because of the apostle Paul, he also experienced unanswered prayer. Isn't it nice when heroes of the faith experience unanswered prayer, it makes you feel like, oh, I, I am normal after all. And this is what the Apostle Paul had written. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. I don't know if you've ever experienced torment. I don't think I have, but it doesn't sound pleasant. And he goes on to say, three times I pleaded with the Lord. I said, he said, take this Lord from me. But he said, but God said to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Here is Paul, someone who is pouring his life out for God's work. 
pleading for God to remove this thorn, yet it was never removed. And we don't know what that thorn was. We don't know if it was physical, spiritual, or emotional, or something completely different. But the thing that amazes me is Paul's response because Paul's response highlights the fact that there was something in his life that he held higher and more precious than the unanswered prayer that faced him in that moment, the torment that faced him. And this is Paul's response. And once again, this is important for us to understand. It said that after the three times that he had begged the Lord to take it away, each time the Lord said, my grace is all you need. Why? Because my power works best in weakness. And then Paul goes on to keep saying, he says, now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that, why? That the power of Christ can work through me. Paul, I want my power to work through because of your weakness. And Paul says, because I take great pleasure now in weakness, in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. Because when I am weak, God is present and he knows that God is doing something. Why is that? It's because prayer, um, Paul's life, his prayer was a your will be done mentality. God, I don't know why you're not removing this from me, but God, if it brings glory and praise to you, not my will be done, but God, your will be done, that your kingdom may move forward. This is why he writes later, he writes in Acts 20, 24. He says, and this is, sums up more of Paul. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned by, uh, to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others about the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Here's that picture of what we're talking about tonight. That your will be done on earth as is in heaven is explained right here. Paul saying, God, my call that you've placed in my life is to love you and to love others and that you will use my life to further your kingdom. If that means that this is what you require for your furtherance, well, God, let it be done. I don't know if I could do that. See, Paul knew that he had a God-given purpose and call on his life as a follower of Jesus. He had a hallowed be your name kind of prayer life. Uh, God, that you would be lifted high. God, that in my life, that all the attention would go to you, Lord, that, that it would always be about you and your holiness and the work that you're doing on this earth and that you'll be holy and that you'll always be worthy of praise. And Lord God, it's all about your redemptive plan for humanity, Lord God, and whatever you wanna to do to keep restoring and changing me, hence why he's praying, Lord God, your will be done, not mine. If you wanna do this and change it, you do it, but if not, I'll follow you. There's two elements that I, I wanna share in light of these last two things that I've, I've shared about the fact of knowing that we experience stuff because we live in a, a life that has been tainted by sin and also in the face that God has a call and has placed a calling on our life. And these are two things that help me break it, this in, into two areas. And this is the two things that have helped me understand how God utilises um, unanswered prayer um, in our life and to bless those around us. And it's these two understanding God's gracious guidance and understanding God's sovereignty. So if we look at God's gracious guidance in our life, the best way I can explain it in my personal experience is this. Whenever I've experienced an unanswered prayer, what I've come to learn is that either God is teaching me God is stretching me. Maybe God is wanting to shape me. 
God's wanting to protect me. Maybe God is correcting me. A lot of the times God's trying to awaken me. Many times God has been waiting on me. And there's been plenty of times when God has just simply wanting to be using me. And this unanswered prayer. And I'm like, God, why aren't you doing what I've been begging you to do? And yet here he is doing a beautiful work. This is what Romans 12 says. He's working out his good, pleasing and perfect will in our lives. See, God is invested in your life. And as I began to understand that, verses began to make more sense to me. And these are some of the verses that I've clung onto in my life. Is Matthew 6.33. It says, Jono, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and, and he will give you everything that you need. Not everything that you want, Jono, but everything you need to fulfill the calling of place on your life. To live life and life to the full. I'll give you everything that you need. You may not be what you want. And then Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. The other one was trust in the Lord, Jono, with all your heart and, and stop leaning on your own understanding. Stop trying to necessarily work it all out. Instead, submit all your ways to him. And, and he's going to make your path straight. And then you combine that with uh, well-known passages like Jeremiah 29, 11, which is one of my favourite passages, which talks about, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. John, it's plans to give you a hope and a future. I've got great plans for your life. And there's going to be times that I don't answer your prayers because I'm doing something far greater for you and in you for the people around you. And so I want to share a few things of what the, the Word of God says in regard to some of these unanswered prayers that we may experience. It's not all of them, but just some of them. The first one is this, protection and purposes. The amount of um, unanswered prayers that I've had that have become some of God's greatest blessings in my life. You know what I mean? It's so easy for me to be thinking, God, you're not there. But the whole time, God, it was protecting me and being some of my greatest blessings. Like this, for instance, the amount of times I was charging like a freight train in a certain direction and God shut a door. Maybe it was a, a relationship a job opportunity. Maybe someone else got in front of you and got the opportunity and you didn't. Maybe it was a friendship group, but you didn't know that God had been actually deliberately taking you away from that friendship group because he knew what would happen if you kept going that path. Maybe it was an unanswered prayer where you had booked a particular seat with extra space for your legs so you could enjoy the next 15 hours of your flight and then you complained all the way down towards the plane only to find that God had placed you beside someone who needed to hear about the love of Jesus. You see, sometimes we can come with this thought of, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? But the whole time he's saying, I've got bigger plans. I've got bigger purposes for you. Purposes to bring you life and life to the full. But then I've got purposes where I'm going to use you powerfully for the kingdom's work. And that's why we know that his plans are greater than ours. Another one that talks about it is our motives. Sometimes we experience unanswered prayer because the motives in which we pray are wrong motives. This is what James 4.3 says. When you ask, you did not receive because you asked with wrong motives. Why? Because you would spend them on getting your own pleasures. Now, is this saying don't pray for things that you enjoy and you're passionate about? You know, praying about that big fish that one day you're going to catch that keeps steering away from you. No, no, pray about those things. God loves hearing that stuff. But what this is really talking about, and let me qualify this in saying it, the key here is praying with a selfish motives or self-indulgences that avoid responsibilities and involves what we know is not in keeping with God's heart. You know, I've experienced this whether I've, I knew it or not. Sometimes it's not until later on I've realised that my prayers, if they'd been answered, would have oppressed people 
or they were just for self-gain or they wouldn't bring life to those around me or they just didn't line up with God's promises. And this is why the Bible tells us, God, search my heart. Another one that says this is sin. Sin in areas of our life can impact God's action in another area of our life. Now, before you freak out, if you're like me and you are very aware of your failures, I want you to know this isn't something saying that, oh man, God is never gonna use me. God doesn't wanna use me. Oh man, I should stop serving. I should stop praying. Oh man, I am so flawed. All I wanna do is serve and tell people about Jesus. But oh man, I've got this area in my life and God's not gonna use me. This is not what it's talking about. But what I believe it's telling us is this, that sometimes by God's grace and His mercy, He puts a hold on what He's doing in our life because He wants to, in this particular area, He wants to work with us, He wants to restore and renew us because He knows that He loves your future and if He can work and restore this area, He knows then you'll be ready for the next step because you'll be more effective You'll be a blessing in future relationships. You'll be a more stable leader when leading others. And so sometimes God says, hey, let's wait on this. Another one is persistence. Luke 18, one says this, that Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Sometimes God is wanting to teach us to be persevering in our lives persevering in our prayer life. And this is particularly important when you are dealing with spiritual attack. To have that in your, your backpack of going, no, no, I'm gonna just keep praying. I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep praying. And the last one I share is that sometimes it's just not in God's will at all. And for us to be okay with that. And that's what Isaiah 55 was talking about, saying that my ways are heaps higher than your ways. The last thing I wanna share about this, uh, in this area of unanswered prayer is the area of God's sovereignty. In light of the fact of the, the brokenness of this world that we live in. And, I wanna share this because there'll be some people in this room or maybe it's you right now, you have been through things that have left you so confused and broken, something significant in your life where you have been pleading with God and God did not answer. And you have just been left making no sense of what just took place. And all you can do is simply cling to God with whatever you have left. Like I think about this and I don't have time to share it at the moment, but I think about this in my parents' life. You know, their first child that they lost at the age of five, while in the midst of ministry, how do you process that? I don't know. How do you deal with that? God, I understand that we've got a broken world. You have your purpose. You were trying to teach us. But man, this has been significant. Uh, this is a question mark that I would carry around. For many of you, it has been the loss of a child. Maybe it's been multiple children. Maybe it's a partner. Maybe it's a disease that has crippled you. Maybe it's been something that's been inflicted upon you with no fault of your own and it's left you in this place just like Paul had and you've been calling out, God, take this from me. God, come on, you can take this from me. Yet God has not answered it. And the, one of the hardest aspects about this is the lack of answers and reasoning behind it. And it can leave you feeling, where is God? Why does God allow this to take place? Where is His power? And how does this work out when we're trying to pray, well, Lord God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Well, this is what I wanna encourage you with tonight. 
is that Jesus knew what it was like to experience the result of sin that entered the world. As I look at the life of Jesus, the Bible tells us that even he suffered significantly. And therefore, that's why he says that he draws close to the brokenhearted. Because this is what Isaiah 53 says about Jesus, that he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. The NLT version puts it this, a man of sorrows acquainted with deep grief. There's two moments in Jesus' life particularly that come to mind. The first one is in Luke 22, just before he is betrayed and he comes down from the upstairs room and goes to his usual place, the Mount of Olives, and he tells his, a couple of his disciples to stay there and he goes a stone's throw and this is what happens in verse 42. He cries out to God with a full knowledge that he is about to be humiliated, beaten, tortured and murdered for something he didn't do. And he says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. But then he says this, yet I want your will to be done and not mine. And then in verse 44, it goes on to say, he prayed more fervently. He was in such agony of spirit that sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood. Matthew 27 is the other one. When Jesus is on the cross and it says this in verse 46, at about three o'clock, Jesus called out in a loud voice and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, why have you abandoned me, God? An absolute pouring out of emotions as the perfect image of love is torn apart because of my sin. I couldn't even comprehend the sorrow that went in that moment. But yet he cries out, but not my will, but your will. In other words, Jesus knew But God, this will bring glory. If there's another way of doing it, great. But if this is what you require to be done to bring glory to your name, to see many come into relationship with you, well then let it be done because he was focused on an eternal picture. And because of Christ's obedience in that, I experienced eternal life. And I wanna share this with you tonight because there's people in this room who have experienced significant unanswered prayer and it's been rocking your faith and doubting God. But I wanna encourage you tonight that even though you may not understand it this side of heaven, God is going and God is using that in ways that you do not understand this side of heaven. I want you to know that. You may not see the implications of it, but the story is told. The faith that you're holding on to in the moment of doubt is bringing many people closer to Christ. Because this is what Genesis 20 says. You intended to harm me, Satan, but God, he intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The what? The saving of many lives. This is what I love about God. In a broken world, we may experience something like that and Satan will use it for evil. But God in his graciousness and his sovereignty has the ability to grab something as tragic like that and begin to turn it and change it and bring glory to his name. And I'm not just talking about just, you know, people being like, oh, great God. But more than that, well, that, but also the ability to draw many people to know Christ. And so I want to encourage you in this. That even in this hard situation, because I can tell you now, the many stories that have been told of God's faithfulness among, among suffering or the stories told at funerals 
or stories that have been told at a bedside table or stories that have been told from a wheelchair that have changed the spiritual direction of people's lives and family trees forever. This is what Isaiah 55 says. Ben, come and join me. It says this. And my word that goes out from my mouth, it will return to me not empty. But it will accomplish what I desire to achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I want us, my prayer is for us, is to be a faith-filled people. But whatever that unanswered prayer for you tonight is that you're dealing with or what you may go through, that we will have be a faith-filled people. That our future glory is in heaven, but while we wait, be faith-filled that God is shaping us and teaching us and renewing us and He's using us in these situations for His glory. Nothing will be wasted in God's eyes. And so we're gonna respond because I don't know what God's saying to you. I don't know what you're going through. But I'm gonna read one last passage in a moment. But I'm gonna ask everyone to stand because we have a hope in Christ, a hope of glory that even in our mourning, even in our tears, God draws near to us and is doing something new. Revelation 21 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had had disappeared. The sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people. He will live with them and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them. And in verse four, it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things will be gone forever. And the one seated on the throne said, look, I am doing something. I am making something new. And he said to him, write this down for what I'm telling you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty. I will give freely from the spring of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. I will be their God and they will be my children. Our God is good. And we're gonna sing this song and it talks about that. Our God, even though we may not understand it, reigns above it all. And I wanna invite you in this time that if you wanna spend time in prayer, to, you can do that in your spot. You can come and kneel down. Maybe you wanna come and, and have one of the pastors or the prayer team pray for you. Maybe it's a prayer that God, I'm, I'm in this big question mark stage and my faith is being rocked. God, I need a fresh strength of your Holy Spirit. Maybe it's something of God, give me courage to keep facing it. Maybe it's like, God, I want that prayer to be the echo of my life, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and that glory will be going to your name because of my life. Let's pray, Jesus. We just ask now that you'll be honoured and glorified. Speak by your Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' Name. Amen. Let's sing to our God who's gentle and who's kind and who loves us so much.
Thank you, Lord, that you're a God who's faithful, a God who hears our prayers, Almighty God. And there's times where certainly we've prayed and sought you and really pleaded with you, great God, and wondered, why isn't this being answered? But thank you, Father, that that we can trust you. Thank you that you're sovereign. Thank you that there's things that we may never understand this side of eternity, but we do know deep within our hearts that you are a faithful God and that ultimately we can put our trust in you. And it's easier to pray that, to walk in it, than to walk in it. I, I, I realise that, great God. But I, I just ask for all of us that we get to a point in our hearts and in our lives where we say, though, you know, that... that Regardless of how things pan out, I'm just gonna trust you. I'm just gonna walk in this. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I know that you're faithful, God. I'm just gonna trust you in this. And I'm just conscious there may be some here tonight that are still wrestling and struggling with those unanswered prayers. I pray, God, that by your supernatural, uh, you know, that supernaturally, Father God, that you speak to them and show them, Father, why maybe these things aren't answered, but you'd bring peace to their heart knowing, hey, you can trust me in this. Just wait or hold on a little longer. And so, Father, thank You. Thank You that we can call that to You. Thank You that the fact that we can even talk to You is extraordinary in itself. A personal relationship with You is amazing. So, Lord, we love You. And, uh, Father, we just continue to pray that You'd lead us and guide us this week, great God, we ask. And, uh, Lord, we just pray all these things in Your Name. Amen. Amen. I'm just conscious that tonight as you heard that, there may just be things still in your heart that you think, I really need to talk to someone about that. We would love to talk to you. Please don't go without just talking to one of us and we'd love to share and pray with you a bit uh, further on that. Uh, But God bless you so much. Whatever you're doing this week, may God use you and feel free to hang around, go to the courtyard, whatever you wanna do. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. God bless.